Hello again, Saints. This is Christopher Carter. You're listening to the Warrior Discipleship Series podcast. This is part two called God Kind, Angel Kind, Mankind, Episode 3. And so um, Paul said plainly in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and uh, the rulers of darkness of this world and wicked spirits in high places, he said. So there's this hierarchy. Satan, here again, because he can't create anything new, he took the third of the angels that followed him, that that he led, and that followed him. Because he, I, I wonder sometimes if he didn't deceive them the same way he deceived the woman and the man. Think about that. And he has subdivided them into three categories. You need to understand something. Satan thinks he's God. He, th- he thinks he should be God. And I, we may get into it here in a little bit. I think we will. Uh, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, what he comes, the way he approaches the Lord and what he says to him and what those words in the Greek mean are astounding. My point to this is he still thinks he should be God. He kind of knows that he's not. But he acts like, tries to act like it all the time, and he wants to bless his people. He wants to give people his blessing. But his blessing is perverted and corrupt and leads to death. You should read C.S. Lewis. I think C.S. Lewis had some profound revelation about spiritual warfare. Read the screw tape letters. Uh, first time I read it, it was... I think he made a comment about how when he wrote that book that his brain would get into kind of a cramp as he was trying to make himself think the way Wormwood would think (laughs) or, uh, you know, Beelzebub would think, and it was difficult. When I read it, I had the same cramp the first time I read it um, because I I could relate to it and what was going on. Let me let me deal with something because this here again this is the warrior discipleship series and this is not necessarily teaching for the new believer. This is for those of you who are ready or believe you're ready to start understanding more about what we're up against. We are spiritual beings created in the image of God. God is not a man. God is not a man. And we use the the uh, the term he because of the order of first things but god is not a, doesn't have a gender we don't call him he because he has a gender we call him because we relate to him through the through the mankind that we are and the gender that he created in this current epoch in which we walk and live which is the the time of the church the body of christ manifesting the kingdom and conquering and subduing the earth as Adam was originally given commandment over there. Genesis 1. I didn't. I skipped through that. There's another verse where after Adam was created, God looked at him and said, Now be fruitful and mul- multiply. And I went back years ago and did an exegesis on those words, and I and it said literally what it meant was, Now go, be fruitful, multiply, and conquer the earth, and subdue it 
as in a conquest. How many of you know that anything, and I do mean anything, that God says reverberates for eternity? He thinks it through. He has that internal dialogue I was telling you about. He thinks it through, and if you read Proverbs over there, Proverbs talks about wisdom emerged, was one of the first things that God created before he spoke the universe into existence, and wisdom was the schematic and the template that he used to fashion the entire universe and to create the earth and to separate the waters from the mountains and the land and to, and to create living creatures and then mankind. Anything that God says reverberates for eternity. So he's careful with his tongue. Does he not command us to be the same way? Of course he does. And we were given commandment to conquer, be fruitful, multiply, and to conquer the earth and subdue it as in a conquest. So here we are, created in the image of God and in his likeness, right? And then given a commandment from this very same God who not only claims to be omnipotent, but has demonstrated it again and again and again and again and again. He literally calls us his sons and daughters and then gives us a commandment, orders, that are of a militaristic nature. And you know, let me fast, fast forward all the way to Paul. Paul in Ephesians writes about these, this, you know, we wrestle. Wrestling is a competitive activity. And he's doing the, you know, the dividing asunder. The word is marismos, where he divides asunder, says, but not against flesh and blood primarily, but he's, Paul was a root cause analysis guy. And he said, we wrestle against wicked spirits in the spiritual realm because the spirit is what it's all about. We have a fleshly body, but we are eternal spirit. We're born from God who is going to exist forever. I'll give the spiritualists some credit. Those people that believe they're going to exist forever. Oh, you are. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. You are going to exist forever forever. Paying for your own sin. If you reject Christ, you're going to exist forever, just not in the presence of God with me and uh, billions of other of us born-again Christians. You're, you know, please don't go there. Because once God says something, it reverberates for eternity. It is as much actual fact, it is as much so today that we are under orders to conquer the earth and subdue it as in a conquest as it was the moment God spoke it to, to Adam 
which means Adam means mankind. That's what his name means. It's as much God's word and will now as it was then. I'm not talking about You know, some someone would try to twist my word. That's the way the devil works. I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare are the love of God. That's the first, always the first implementation of our warfare. The love of Christ. The salvation of the individual. The healing of the individual. The Greek word is sozo, and it means to be completely healed, saved, delivered, prosperous, and restored back to that right relationship. Comes by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and walking with God again in the cool of the garden the way Adam once did. That's where we're headed. And this journey was originally given to us as your punishment, but inside of that punishment actually was the love and the grace of God because this journey is part of how God has chosen to restore us completely and totally to him. You kind of get the impression from all of this because we have these angel kind over here and they're messed up. <laughs> these fallen angel kind. The other two thirds were good, okay? But that one third over there, under Satan's dominion, a type of Pharaoh, you know, a type of Herod, behind Pharaoh was Satan, behind Herod was Satan. Behind every wicked, murderous tyrant history has ever recorded was Satan. And I appreciate the fact there are lots of people who think this is bunk. Oh well. You've not seen and heard what I've seen and heard then. Okay. So we have not... How many of you know God always provides where he guides? Which is that whole thing that my best good friend, Glenn Schaefer, he, you know, for years, we've talked about this. And in the recent, uh, recent year or two or three, and I've kind of been able to reconnect there, and God's doing some great things there. And this teaching and making disciples and identifying the saints' gifts and callings, these, this is the army of God. These are the people that are obeying the Lord and are part of doing their part in this grand epoch known as the church, this, this period of time where Christ has come and died and risen again. And we've been given that he's restated the commission in Matthew 28 that God originally gave Adam. And now we're back on track. And you just get the impression that there's something else other than just my salvation, other than just my you know prosperity, other than just my feel good. And I'll, I will tell you right now, being born again feels pretty good. <laughs> you should try it if you haven't. Anyone listening, right? 
I know how to live now where I didn't really know before. And I know many, not all, but many of the reasons why. But you just get this impression there's something else. You can't, I mean, you, it's not really an impression. The scriptures document it. And you read over there in the revelation of Jesus Christ and you see, ooh, God's got something he's doing. And he's going to bring the hammer on Satan and those demon powers. And it's going to grieve God beyond my ability to describe that all of those members of mankind who have rejected his salvation through his only begotten son Christ are going to go headlong into that lake of fire with Satan and his angels. And that that is that grieves the Lord God in ways that I can't even begin to describe. But he is a just and righteous God, and sin against him must be paid for. That is a tr- eternal truth in what is called what we call the spirit realm. It is. Let me read to you uh, out of Ezekiel. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, mortal, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, carnelian, chrysolite, moonstone, beryl, onyx, jasper, Sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, and worked in gold and and worked in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared with an anointed cherub as guardian. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. In the abundance of your trade or commerce, the trafficking of your commerce, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So, or therefore, I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God and the guardian cherub drove you out from among the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your own splendor. Therefore I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought out fire from within you, it consumed you, and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. Every time I read this, I make note of that 
comment about by the multitude of your iniquities in the unrighteousness of your trade you profaned your sanctuaries well that's the conclusion of episode 3 of Godkind Angelkind Mankind and the Warrior Discipleship Series episode 4 is coming up I hope you're enjoying the podcast I'm Christopher Carter Hello, everybody. This is Christopher Carter. I would like to tell you about my latest book release entitled No God, No Self, No Others. That's no spelled K-N-O-W. This is a book of truisms or maxims that I began writing in the early 90s when I would be out on a prayer walk or during my times of personal devotion, and I was trying to solve a problem or to make a particular decision. For example, to face challenges in life is human. It's how we deal with them that makes us who we are. Or, youth always expires and wisdom never expires. It's a great devotional book. The chapters are very short. You can open up pretty much anywhere and just read the maxim and then read the commentary. I believe it will help you in your devotional. It's available in Kindle, paperback, and hardcover on Amazon.com. You can find out more at my website at www.ChristopherLynnCarter.com.